1: Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozzie. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. If you would like to get a hold of us today as you're listening, if you want to reach out, make contact, anything like that, the best way to do that is to send us an email at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail dot com.
1: Hey Jeff, how you doing today? Yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. As we are recording today, I can almost count my games on one hand. Wow. So left. So the uh, the, uh, the the. The end of the regular season is near, and the beginning of the postseason is even closer. Nice. <laughs> it's even closer. So, yeah, doing well. Feeling good. I got a nice day off today. I've got a chance to sit down and record. Um, had a really nice day yesterday with the sun being out and high of 50 degrees. I'm, I'm enjoying this. And when I wake up, they go, yeah, high of, you know, not one. Yeah. <laughs> Our team, something dean. It's actually, you know, it's double digits, so I'm liking it, so.
2: Yeah, I uh, my wife and I took a walk with the dogs yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, I still put my stocking cap and coat on because I'm a wuss.
1: Yeah. Uh, but my <laughs> wife was
2: out there just in a puffy vest and yeah. uh, feeling good about it. And I made the joke. I said, well, we better enjoy it today because in three weeks it's going to be snowing again or yeah, whatever. Right. You know, that's just kind of how it is. And I'm the same way. I'm down to... Three games on my basketball schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a outside shot of maybe uh, another one or two getting added to that. but uh, today I'll be working a little postseason basketball
1: nice. it's that which time. is
2: always fun. Winter go home is always mm-hmm. a, a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a couple more regular season games before everything uh, wraps up for me potentially. but uh, but looking forward to uh, to finishing well. Mm-hmm. you know, there's a uh, it, it's one thing to finish. It's another thing to finish well.
1: Yeah, because I think when you start the scene, you are like, I just want to finish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or the game, the ball goes up. You are like, just let me get through this, baby. So mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah, and there is a lot of that that happens. But yet, you know, we also, Jeff, we have this really interesting <clears throat> phenomenon as we get to the end of a season, where we all think we should get that game. Sure. Right? You mm-hmm. know, and I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's <clears throat> a junior college. Uh, playoff game. If it's a D3 conference tournament or D3 NCAA postseason, same thing, D2, D1. Or if it's just, you know, uh, in our area, the the last week we had uh, regional finals going, we got sectionals happening this next week and, and then moving beyond. And, you know, a lot of people are like, man, I can't believe that person's on that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should be on that game. But yet, when you really look at the numbers, <clears throat> Pardon me. There are there are very few people that get to work the postseason oh, at yeah. any level. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, if 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 there's a, a level where I want to go work that postseason game, let's just call it the big. I want to go work the big game, mm-hmm. right? Well, that means somebody that has a long history of working the big game is going to not be working the big game.
0: Mm-hmm, Yeah.
2: You know, and what is it about my body of work? What is it about what I do that says, yep, Chad needs to get put in instead of so and so yeah, Jeff needs to get put on that game instead of so and so or you know fill in your name as you're listening to this this podcast today so and Jeff, I'm sure it's something you hear a lot, you know. Well, when when you hear somebody say, I, mean, I, I want the big game. I want to go work the conference tournament. I want to do this. I want to do that. What is it that that is your thought process that goes through your mind as you're talking to people uh, and as you're receiving that information?
1: Yeah, well, I think you're right. Everyone says they want to or why am I not? Um, I think that's the first thing you need, need to decipher. Is it you want to or is it why am I not? Ah. I think those are two different questions. Because okay. I could be my third year into officiating and go, I want to. I, you know, it's like, I know I don't like to use the word goal, but that could be a goal for others (laughs) to say, you know, my goal is to work that, that one, two matchup in February. Yeah. Opposed to why am I not? Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: why am I not working this? And I think there's some real questions to be answered. Yeah. If you're not, why am I not working that one, two matchup? Well, are you, you know, name the things, right? Are you. Uh, making yourself available for that day. Are you, um, you know, doing all your quizzes? Are you uh, getting a hundred percent on all your quizzes? Are you studying film? You know, all those things that can answer that question of why you're not. Because, as you said, you, if you have a person who has a body of work who's working the one-two matchup, the big game, as we're calling it, and that person has twenty-five years postseason ex- postseason experience. Um, has been on, you know, multiple years of big games and you haven't. So you need to look at that person who's on it and say, okay, what have they done in the past 25 years that I'm not doing? Mm-hmm. And even if you're doing the same exact thing, the difference is that person's been doing it for 25 years. You've been doing it for 10. Yeah. So you still haven't done what they're doing. Now everyone said I've heard people say, well, when does that, opportunity come when do you get that chance well it could be a multiple things it could be all of a sudden 25 year person twist an ankle mm-hmm. you were in line here we go it could be 25 year person decides they're not they just want to work the regular season and they want to go on vacation all right we need somebody to step in um so all those things can happen and i've seen I've seen officials that have been slated for championship games in conference tournaments and then have a, a hiccup we'll call it in the last week of the regular season and then end up getting, you know, moved, shuffled around and the next person's in. So that's just how it is. Ultimately though, I think you need to answer those questions. You need to prepare for those scenarios in, you know, from game 1 through game 60 and then hope that you know when when your name is called you've done everything you can do to be prepared for that
2: yeah no I, I like that a lot and you know one of the things that went through my mind as you were as you were talking there is that it doesn't have to be a postseason game to be a big game
1: right
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know a, a perfect example example of that on saturday i went to go work a game uh had a great crew. you know you know when you have those days where you see the other two people on your list or baseball umpires out there, you see the other one or two or three, depending on what level you're working, you see the other members of your crew, you're like, oh, this could be a great day. Mm -hmm. Like no matter how tough the game's going to be, no matter how bad the weather is Mm -hmm. or anything else, you know, and we don't get those all the time. No, You know, we're very lucky in what we do that we're surrounded by great people all the time. But every once in a while, you get people that are not only good officials, but they're people you have good relationships
0: with. Mm -hmm.
2: So I was already excited about going to work this game because of who I was going to get to go work it with. It was, it was going to be great. And uh, I walk into that locker room and uh, one of my partners was not there yet. So the other uh, partner and I, we look at, at each other and we go, you realize what we got today, right? Because early in the week when we got that game, mm-hmm. the it looked like this was a game that didn't mean anything for the postseason. And all of a sudden, some things happened. Mm. And there was a high likelihood that the winner was going to be in the tournament and the loser might not. Not definitely wouldn't, but might not. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out the winner of that game got in and the loser of the game was out. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's senior day. (laughs) Right. Right? Mm -hmm. It's it's all those things. Mm -hmm. It's a big game. Yeah. I mean, that is a huge – it's the exact same as a tournament game. It's a win and go home. Mm -hmm. You know, win or go home. And, you know, big games happen the first week of the season. Big games happen the last day of the season. And they happen all in between. I think one of the the traps that we fall into is – and we hear people say this. Every game's the biggest game for that team that week. Well, yeah. We, we may get that at an intellectual level. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get that at a heart level, mm-hmm. right? Especially mm-hmm. if you got the number one versus the number nine. Yeah. And you're like, ugh, you know. But but there is there is truth to that statement. Because that number one versus number nine, that player number 12 for the number one team in the conference, that may be the only time they're getting on the court that year. Yeah, It is a really big game. And maybe they can show something that bumps them up from 12 to 9. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, right? You know? But but those big games, it one of the things that I think and I think of as a as a baseball signer, and and this is something that I would challenge, there may be some of our baseball umpires out there that are listening right now going, Okay, well I can tune out today because we're talking about basketball postseason and big game. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about if you want to work the big game, if you want to be the person on that conference tournament, if you want to be that person working the NCAA postseason, if you want to be the one that when all of a sudden there's a, a three-four matchup that it's a real it's a real big thing, and, and the assigner for whatever reason needs to shuffle some crews around. Mm-hmm. If you want to be the person they're thinking of when it comes to putting somebody on that game, then you can't wait until the postseason to start working the big game. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to work that way when you're on the one-nine game Mm -hmm. you have to work that way when it is the first week of the season or the fourth week of the season or the seventh week of the season because that's how you prove to those people that make those decisions Mm -hmm. that you're a big game official
1: well when you're being evaluated the evaluators are not showing up just on the big game Uh, (laughs) they're showing up when you when you got one against ten yep 'Cause that's how games in November start. Yep. In December. You know, when you're still being evaluated in your performance, they're evaluated on that. You can't say, hey, listen, well, you really can't count this uh this evaluation because it wasn't a, a one two matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you should perform, you know, some I don't have to say the same, but I want to say, you know, within the same block, <laughs> same couple houses, as you would for the one ten as you do the one two. You mm-hmm. have to do that because that's when they're looking. They're they're Those just to put it in perspective, and maybe you can you can weigh into this, you've decided there they've decided their postseason assignments before we even really get to the final week or two of the season.
2: Absolutely. Right? We've already
1: decided who who's in line. Now we just gotta really kinda put it on paper. So those last two weeks, if you're looking to like all of a sudden I'm going to really shine now because I got the one-two matchup on, on Thursday and I've got the three-four matchup on Saturday. Yeah, that decision's been made already, you know, so that's not going to help you. You want to perform well because those are going to be, you know, decision-making games, but that doesn't get you into that next level. So that's why it's imperative that you you treat, no, you know, I'm talking just basketball, but if you want to go baseball, right, you've got to treat March, April like, okay, this is when they're making these decisions in these eight weeks for me to to be selected in the third week of May.
2: Well, and I'll even take it one step further than that, Jeff. I would say those officials that get the privilege of working the last two weeks of the regular season, Mm -hmm. and we know not everybody does, right? right? Mm -hmm. Those officials can only
1: hurt themselves
2: in the last two weeks of the season. That's
1: where you get in trouble, right? Mm -hmm.
2: You know, if I've got a a baseball umpire and he's on a big matchup, the week before the conference tournament mm-hmm. and he blows a rule enforcement. Well, mm-hmm. guess who just lost their spot in the conference tournament? Right. Because there's not, there's not time to rebuild that trust with yeah. the coaches, mm-hmm. the players to everything in that time. It, it might, it might not be that I don't trust them. Right. Mm-hmm. But it may just be, you know, now when we get to that, that tournament meeting and the conversations going on around the table, it's like, well, whoa, we can't we can't have so-and-so on a tournament. I mean, look look what just happened. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be that official is having a really bad day and yeah. mouthed off and said something stupid to a coach they shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Now, if you're talking about being one of those people that's looking for the opportunity, mm-hmm. sometimes that's where you get the opportunity. Yeah. Not because you did something that made you leapfrog over somebody else, <laughs> yeah. but because somebody else. Made a mistake.
1: Slipped it, down the stairs like And that's
2: that, all right? it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a mistake. Doesn't mm. mean their career's over. Doesn't yeah. mean they're never going to get to work again, mm. which is another reason why it's really important that we don't go, hey, you know what? I got conference tournament last year, so I'm going to get conference tournament next year. Wrong. Absolutely <laughs> wrong. Mm. Because we don't know the factors that put us in that place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just because we worked the championship, uh, I, I had somebody actually say to me this last year, Oh, Chad, you worked that that championship game last year. So that means, and then they filled in the blanks yeah. for what it meant for my next season, right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What it meant for my regular season games, what it meant for my conference games, what it meant for my postseason. Mm-hmm. And I almost laughed at the person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, no, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that at all. It yeah. just doesn't. It means that I got an opportunity at a moment mm-hmm. that was significant for me. And if I perform well, if I do well, then hopefully I'm the kind of person that when that coordinator's looking for something, they think Chad's the kind of person that can fill that spot, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean I'm gonna,
1: yeah, and I think that's where we we are our own worst enemy because we do fill in that blank well, you know i've got I got the regional final, you know, so that means next year, two years now, I should be right in line for a sectional, yep, you know, you just never know the, how that's gonna work out and you're the one who's put that when then when you don't get it and you, you're all upset. Well, you put that in your head. No one told you mm-hmm. you were going to get that. You said you were going to get it, and you're not the decision maker. You know. Another thing is too. I you know these these people that get these these assignments. Um, so whatever that is, you know, even if we'll even call it a regular season assignment, you're like, all right, I got this. I got this regular season assignment. This potential one-two matchup in uh, late April. Mm-hmm. Right, like this is going to be a good game. You feel like you were the first one selected <laughs> because you got that game in whatever October. Yeah, the truth of the matter is, you don't know that you were the first one selected. You feel that way and you tell yourself that because you got it in October. But the real truth is, there were four other people that you wanted to pick for that game, they were unavailable,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's how you got it so we cuz we see that stuff um well the only reason i got this game was because of weather
0: mm-hmm.
1: well the only reason the person who had the game originally <laughs> was because there was to throw other people that were better than them who weren't available so that the only difference is you actually know the truth when you get this game because of weather oh i got this game got ringed out on on april 20th so it got moved to the 21st that's the only reason i got it and, and I think that's that happens every day. Ta- every day with every regular assignment. Yeah, you're, you're very, very rarely are you the very first choice for a game. Sometimes you are. Yeah. Sometimes you are, but very rarely are you the very first choice.
2: Yeah, and there's there's lots of reasons why somebody doesn't get put on a game. Sure. You know. Hey, I'd like to put this person on a game. Oh, they're working upper level game that day. I don't have access to them. Hey, I'd like to use a person on this game. It's <sighs> just a little too far to make them drive for a mm-hmm. midweek game, uh, whatever. I mean, there's there's all these different reasons that go into it. But so let's transition back for a second here, Jeff. You know, if, if you're the kind of person listening today that says, okay, I want to be the kind of person that my coordinator says, I want them on the big game. Well, then... What are the kinds of things that you need to be doing every game of the season? And, and again, I've, I've said this before, and I, I may eventually get a T-shirt made up that says it. <laughs> just <laughs> So that way I can remind myself. On those days when I'm struggling with it, I can put on that shirt yeah. to remind <laughs> myself, right? Um, I can't make somebody say yes. Yeah. The only thing I can do is try to take away no's. Mm-hmm. Right? That's all I can do.
1: Yeah.
2: All right? Um, and so I can't make my coordinator say yes to putting me on the conference tournament. I can't make them say yes to putting me on NCAA or NAIA or NJCAA postseason. Mm-hmm. But I can potentially take away no's, right? So mm-hmm. if I want to take away those no's as a sports official, what are some of the things that I need to be doing every game leading up to, to put myself in the position for a possible yes?
1: Well, I can give you a list of mile long. Okay. But I'm going to say this. To answer your question, I would say, what would you do if you got assigned a 1-2 matchup in the last week of the season? What would you do then? Oh, I would be there two hours instead of an hour and a half early. Um, I'd probably look at records, and I'd probably look at high scoring. I'd probably look at, you know, if we're talking baseball, you know, who's the number one pitcher, who's the number two pitcher, who am I going to see in relief? I'd be doing all of that. Mm-hmm. If you would do all that for the 1-2 matchup, then you better be doing it for the the first week opening season uh, NAIA against D1 program. That's mm-hmm. what you should be doing. Because repetition is going to take over, and you're going to do it day in and day out, game in and game out, and you're going to be prepared in every different way. And then when you have the 1-2 matchup, nothing is different. We shouldn't be doing anything different mm-hmm. for the 1-2 matchup. Now, I'm not saying there's not more some more pressure that's mounted during those those one-two matchups or the big mm-hmm. games, and um, I think everyone you know can probably relate to that, whether it be in high school or college. But when we see these, the pressure mounts. Obviously, we want to try and handle that pressure, but we should be doing the same thing. We should be checking those kind of things. We should be preparing for our game in early season. Just as we are on the last week of the season, or potentially the postseason, I think that's the best way to do it. I don't know if, um, because what's gotten my success may not be what gets you success. Mm. So I can give you a list of ten things. Doesn't mean they're going to work for you. True, they work for me because this is what gets me. This is what gets my best performance. You know, mm-hmm. whether that be. Reading multiple books, or you know, uh, maybe talking to friends on the way to games, you know, and just kind of, you know, tuning out the pressure of what's about to happen. But I still do some basic things, you know, checking lineups and, and uh, uh, rosters and, and past matchups, those kind of things. So, if if you if you were to make a list of what you're going to do for the postseason, then take that list and use it for the first eight weeks of the season too.
2: Yeah, I, I like that. I I also think that one of the ways that we accomplish that is by not going into coast mode at any point Mm -hmm. because the, the best officials don't, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you're treating a junior college game differently than you treat a division one game, Mm -hmm. then you're probably not the kind of person that somebody wants to use on the big game. Yeah. Now I'm not saying you won't get some, (laughs) right, right. You know, if, if you're somebody that works a handful of Division 1 and you work a lot of Division 2 and you work some Division 3 and some JUCO, well, you might get some JUCO postseason at the end of the year just because you have all of this experience and all that mm-hmm. sort of kind of stuff with it and all. But maybe you're not getting that postseason at the level you'd like to be getting it at.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, And maybe part of the reason for that is because you're not treating that JUCO game the same way you treat that Division One game
0: mm-hmm.
2: or that D3 game or D2 game the same way you treat that Division One game or, you know, whatever those levels are for you. And I think it goes back to what you said because that, that repetition, or for me, you know, I call it muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my, my wife now, she laughs so much because I'll get an email from somebody saying, okay, guys, uh, tip is at 530 tonight. Uh, see everybody at 445 for a, a junior college game, for instance, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And she just laughs. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you laughing? She's like, because I know you're going to be there at 4 o'clock for a 530 start. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter when the crew chief said you could show up. Mm-hmm. You're going to be there at 4 o'clock. Yep, I'm going to be at 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. In fact, today I have to be in the city. And uh, so I have a certain time I need to be there. And She looks at me. She goes, so you're just going to leave when you're done recording, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, Perfect. I'm probably gonna leave when I'm done recording. That's right. Because now I don't what happens if the Dan Ryan gets shut down? Mm-hmm. What happens if something crazy goes on and all that kind of stuff? But I'm not doing that because it's a postseason game tonight. Cause I did the same thing back in November.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's just how I operate, you right. know, and, and my coordinators don't have to worry if I'm gonna show up late to a game. Mm-hmm. You know they they just don't, and not everybody has the same flexibility to be able to do that that I sure, do. But that's sure. that's one of the things that I do to take away a no mm-hmm. in the midst of those of those conversations. But when when it comes to muscle memory, if if we find ourselves in a in a heightened moment of a game, I don't care what the level is. If I have approached that correctly, I am putting positive things in my muscle memory. So now when I get to that same type environment on a, let's call it a bigger game, mm-hmm. well, guess what? I've already developed those muscles. I've already put that stuff in my muscle memory. If I just go through it and say, it's not important today. I, I know you had a, a game yesterday, in mm-hmm. fact, that if if people were looking through your schedule at the beginning of the season, and they were looking at all the different matchups that you've got that game you had yesterday would not be in the top 50% of games that people would pick as, oh, wow, that's a that's a great game. That's a whopper, right? Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. it's It's a game that you probably even could have made three or four mistakes in that game and nobody would have cared,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm. But yet you had a situation come up concerning a timeout mm-hmm. that would have been really easy to just look the other way.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We've been really easy substitution timeout kind of situation, You know, it's time to get him back out on the floor. The other coach didn't understand it. You know, it would have been easy. Okay, let's just give him the full 30 seconds. Let's just keep this thing going. Mm -hmm. But you didn't do that. Why not?
1: Well, because that's, first of all, that's that's not what I would do in in any situation because I understand that. Um, And just because uh, um, you choose to not swim upstream doesn't necessarily mean it's correct. Uh, And if... If this team was to see me potentially, or maybe potentially get into the playoffs and get into a, a postseason, or whether it be this year and three years from now, and we would have said, go ahead and give them the 30 seconds, they would have assumed that's the rule. They would assume that's correct. And now, whoever got that game three years later and has the situation and handles it correctly, like I did. It, it, like I maybe I chose not to, they're, they're fighting that. Yeah, They're fighting that, and they're going, man, someone just set me up. Someone had an issue here. And it, it I see it all the time, right? I, I've had that situation where um, it, it was during the regular season this year where it was we had stopped the game to adjust the clock in the last minute of the game because it continued to run after it cleared the net. So we stopped the game, fixed the clock, one team wants to bring in subs. Well, by rule, you're not allowed to bring in subs unless you either call timeout or we stop the game for something different. But when we stop the game for that, you can't bring them in. And the coach is like, Are you you know, are you a hundred percent of this? I said, Yes, I am. He said, You're a hundred percent. I said, I'm a thousand percent. And I said, Why? He goes, Well, I feel like we've had this play before. And I said, What'd they do? And he and he said, They let them in. They let the subs in. I said, Well, unfortunately that would be incorrect. All this had to happen. I don't know that it did happen. This coach sure. could have been just saying anything, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of giving the coach a benefit of the doubt that, that they did go through it and they did let the subs in. And now here I am having to fight this scenario where it was misapplied previously. And we're all not perfect. It's not It's not the official's fault, but that's why I want to try and do everything within the rules all the time. That way I'm used to that. So as you say, muscle memory, mm-hmm. and now it's, it's the winner go home game. The winner goes to the NCAA tournament. The loser goes home for the year. With you know five seniors on the team, and I have that. And there's ten thousand people in the stands. And now I have this same situation. I've been through it. Mm-hmm. I've done it this way the whole year long. All all you know for for my twenty years in officiating, I've done it this way. I know the rule, and and it'll be done correctly without actually. Doubt in my in my mind, as I told you, know, as I told the coach, I'm a thousand percent sure on this play. So yeah. that's where that's where it comes in handy. That's where, you know, if we do that, it when that big game comes, it's going to be very second nature to you. You know, yeah. it, just like refereeing the defense. It's a boring thing to do. But when you referee the defense and you referee it in a one-two matchup, a big game with 10,000 people, it's very easy to do if you've been doing it in November with four people in the stands.
2: Yeah. And, you know, for all of our baseball umpires out there, man, I hope you are listening to those statements because we've got all this new action clock stuff. Mm -hmm. And I've already heard umpires say, you know, I want to give them a little leeway at the beginning of the season, you know, so they can get used to this. No. Now's the time to, call the rule as written mm. yeah. so that that way they, they fix it. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is if you give them a little leeway today and that batter doesn't get in until there's eight seconds left on the pitch clock instead of 10 seconds left on the on the action clock like he's supposed to, well, now then tomorrow when they're playing a doubleheader someplace else and that umpire enforces it, now mm-hmm. you've just put him at a disadvantage. You right. just put him in an adversarial position with that coach. Well, mm-hmm. well yesterday we had time to get in the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean there there are all these little pieces in there that we we have to stay on top of and it makes a difference in how we in in how we go. Now, one other thing that I'd I'd like to bring up when it comes to to talking about the big game, Jeff, is yeah. is this. And again, I don't care if we're talking about the big game because it's the one-two matchup in late November in basketball or in early March in baseball, or it's the conference tournament or the post, you know, whatever. Right. Are you really ready for everything that comes with working the big game? Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is, you know, I'll I'll use an example from my game on Saturday, Uh, my game on Saturday, my guess is the team that lost that game, did not even consider the fact that they might lose that game when they came in.
0: Hmm.
2: It was senior day at home. Uh, It's a team that they have regularly beat over the last four years. So those, those seniors on that team, they don't know what it's like to lose to that other team. Yeah. Right. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's one of those things. Mm -hmm. And they had the, the higher ranking in the conference coming into that game, all that kind of stuff. And uh, they they honored a couple seniors before the game started, and one of them is on the record books for the school. Uh, one of the, I think maybe number two rebounder in the school's history, oh, wow. in the top ten in scoring in the school's history. I mean, just, I mean, phenomenal player and and neat neat person too. Mm-hmm. Just the way she would respond with you, all that kind of thing, you know, um, just you could tell just the kind of person that every coach would love to coach. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're about 10 seconds left in the game. She looks up at the clock. She looks up at the scoreboard and realizes this may be the last game I ever play.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And you could tell, like I could read everything that went across her face. She'd not even considered that fact. Mm-hmm. Now here is a, record book player mm-hmm. who all of a sudden realizes her playing career is potentially done. And she doesn't even know it for certain. Mm-hmm. It's not like a conference tournament game where it's a 100%, yeah, right? right. Mm-hmm. This is just a, oh my gosh, there's a chance depending on what some other teams do. Mm-hmm. And tears just start streaming mm-hmm. down her face. Mm-hmm. Just straight to the point, coach called a timeout right after that. I called the, the crew together uh, during that timeout, And I said, hey, look, we need to understand where emotions are at right now. I said, because we could see people respond in ways they wouldn't normally respond just because of the emotions they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Not that I, I anticipated that person doing something wrong or anything, but like they could do something because of their emotional state and the other team could interpret it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just because it's out of character or whatever, you know. And so we just, we had that conversation saying, okay, how do, let's make sure we're on high alert. Mm-hmm. And we want to be on high alert in every game to the end. But sure. now let's have some understanding that goes with why it is, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. And, uh, I mean, that's that's something that comes with the big game. High emotion. yeah, High, that kind of stuff. You know, there are other things that go with the big game that I know you talked about. You know, in, in the big game, every call gets magnified. Mm-hmm. Are you really ready for that to happen?
1: Right, because if we think about this for a second, just see if I'm going to stay in relationship to basketball. Every time, whether we no-call a player or we call a foul or you know we blow the whistle or we don't, and when it comes down to a two-point ball game, you don't think that every time we blow the whistle was impactful. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem impactful in the first two minutes of the game. Like we just started, but it's impactful because I, you know, maybe you you you, uh, call a foul and count the basket when really it should have been on the floor. Mm -hmm. Impactful, and when it's impactful for one, two matchup, big game, are you prepared for every time you blow the whistle? For I don't want to say be challenged, but it could come up in in a situation where, like, man, you know, if you if you were to call that lane violation, it's a tie ball game if you were to call that line lane violation on the very start, first set of free throws that we played or that we shot, it's a tie ball game instead mm-hmm. of me trying to do a last-dish effort with four-tenths of a second to, make, to, to win the game. So that's what you have to understand. And coaches, you know, some coaches are better at handling the body of the game opposed to the last two minutes. But mm-hmm. ultimately, though – there's there's a lot of coaches out there when you're when you're playing for championships you, you just compete differently yep. players compete differently uh, um, the coaches compete differently the score table is is more on alert everything is happening to a heightened level so much that words can't ex- express it mm-hmm. and we want to we sit back and go yeah I whoa, yeah I want to work the big game well I think that's a great you know goal if that's what you want to call it that's a great goal but are you prepared are you prepared for every time you know you blow the whistle every time are you in perfect position for that play every time did you rotate on the right spot every time you're calling balls and strikes and did you set up in the perfect slot position or did you get blocked out because you didn't move uh, soon enough and now mm-hmm. you get blocked out on the inside pitch and you, you call it a ball and it should have been a strike even though it was the second inning but that would have been strike three, three and now we don't face that guy again in the ninth. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of pressure you have and I hate, I don't want to try and scare people out of it. I think this pressure is good but just knowing just, you can't just say I want to work the big game. Mm-hmm. you got to understand that comes with a great responsibility on handling that pressure and handling um, how a coach uh, may not necessarily talk to you like they did in November. Yeah. You know, they may not necessarily understand that you made a mistake like they did in November. They don't want any mistakes, and that's just what we've signed up for.
2: Yeah, you know, I think back to an experience that we had this summer uh, when we were at the Colt League World Series. Uh, you got a team that's down by a run. They got a runner on third, um, and the plate umpire uh, Dave. Uh, did a phenomenal job. There was a a batter interference call Mm -hmm. that was the last out of the game. Mm -hmm. And you talk about people coming Mm -hmm. unglued. Now, if he'd made that call in the first game of the tournament, nobody cares. Sure. All right. Oh, it sucks. Mm -hmm. All right. You know? If he'd made it in the second inning of that game, probably not even that big a deal. He made it at the moment that sent somebody home. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. out of the tournament. Yeah. And people's response was not kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) In any way, shape or form, you know. I because that particular team lives close to both Jeff and I, I heard about that call like three months later from people. Mm -hmm. You know, when Mm -hmm. they saw me at Walmart. It's like, (laughs) what the heck? Mm And every time I've gone back and i've seen that video, i don't know how many times it was the absolute, perfect mm-hmm. call. Do you know there's still people that argue that call, sure when you're on the big game and you move up, that calls on national television, and guess what? The people who are announcing the game, which is who everybody else is going to listen to, yeah, mm-hmm. they may say you're an absolute idiot. Mm-hmm. Because they don't know the rules. Sure. Are are you are you okay with then showing up at the restaurant the next week and people around the restaurant looking at you and pointing their finger and going, "Oh man, you blew that on national television,"
1: mm-hmm.
2: when you know you didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But everybody else thinks that you did. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and that everybody else might be like we just said, big on national television. It could just be. You had the local high school team in the regional final, sure, mm-hmm. and you made the call in their mind that yeah. was wrong, mm-hmm. even though it was right. And so, some it's not even about doing the job incorrectly, but if you if you want the big game, you got to have big enough shoulders to handle all those other things that come with it too.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of things you know. Just just if we think about it, over the years I've done you know multiple. Postseason games and sometimes just walking out of the arena is nerve wracking. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you do cross paths with coaches, players, fans. You know, sometimes you know you go in the back, you go in and out the back door, but you know someone they don't say anything. You know, they're they're very professional Mm -hmm. when it comes to that, but they're looking at you differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just trying to keep your head down and get out of there because you don't want to make whatever the circumstances even worse right and i remember this situation at the at the cold league world series well we didn't go guess what we did after the game we didn't go just sit in the middle of the fans and go, <laughs> Ooh, let's go watch the next game right? right we didn't do that you know we just stayed in the outfield or in a in a more private area so it because that's all that comes with that and in this play in the cold league world series imagine that really to me I mean I know it's the World Series and I know it was a chance for somebody to go home and someone not to go home mm-hmm. but that's still not even the big game as far as I'm concerned the big game is the championship game the one yep. that takes home the trophy yeah and now when you make that call in the first inning that takes away a run you darn tootin' it make something sure it does you know it means a lot and especially if it's a one- run ball game and I've said it in before i'll say it again you know we all make mistakes and we all have calls that maybe don't go that way but it it has no bearing when it's a 20 point ball game or a five run ball game it it means zero then Mm -hmm. it means more when you're on the big game because everyone every call is being judged and when it comes down to a, a one run ball game or a one pitch ball game Mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to go over the whole thing not just that last pitch.
2: Well, and you know, for those of you that follow professional sports, uh Major League Baseball just had a situation this last week in spring training where a game ended in a tie mm-hmm. because the umpires enforced the action clock. Yep. And they enforced it with the runner on third, <laughs> there you know, bases loaded, right. two outs. Yep. Full count. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. this this is the moment in baseball that everybody loves. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. And it ended on a no-pitch strikeout. Yep. Batter wouldn't get in the box. <laughs> right. Right? And and I, I'm just telling you right now, everybody that knows that umpire is crucifying that umpire. Sure. Every every friend, his his own family may be like, oh my gosh, that's not baseball. Yeah,
1: that's it. That's, that's what used not to. baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Right, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you, that's what coaches are going to tell people. Mm-hmm. That's all that kind of stuff. You know, oh, come on, that's not the way this game should be played. Yeah. You know, this rule is horrible. You blah, blah blah. Well, guess what? I don't write the rules.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm paid to enforce the rules as written. Yep. I am. Fa- I am paid to fairly arbitrate this contest between two teams. Yep. And I have to do it in spring training. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know that crew. Having the guts to do that makes it a whole lot easier on the crew in the ninth inning of the World Series game seven that has to do the same thing. Yep. Because if that crew doesn't do it in spring training, we don't set the precedent mm-hmm. for what's going to happen in game seven of the World Series. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for our basketball officials that are listening today, don't change it up in the postseason. Right. Do what you be- don't go, oh, well, you know what? Yeah, that's probably a foul in december i mean this this is this is conference tournament that's not a foul today Mm -hmm. nope if it was a foul in december it's a foul today yeah for our baseball umpires that are out there and you are setting your standard for this season right now call it as written right now it's a seven inning game you're not gonna blow up that strike zone or it's a seven run you know lead Mm -hmm. you're not gonna blow up that strike zone because what happens if the other team starts to come back? You're yep. not going to shrink it back again. That's right. You know, yep. y- you need to have the same strike zone for your for your D three game that you're going to have for your D one game. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to set that muscle memory and do those things. Because if we want to work the big game, we have to be preparing ourselves for it the entire season. Sure. And then we got to be ready to deal with all those components mm-hmm. that come with working the big game.
1: Yeah, it and. I- like I said, I just can't put it into words what it is. You have to experience it, and if you think you're experiencing the intensity and all the things that come with a big game, guess what? There's one bigger after that. That's right. <laughs> there's one bigger, and there's more difficult plays, and there's more. There's big. There's more people at bigger arenas. All it's. It can go bigger from whatever you've experienced. It can be bigger, and it and it has the definitely potential to definitely potentially even have more. Um, eyes on it I yeah. guess you know because if I have a big big D3 game we'd say all the eyes are on it but that's not the same amount of eyes that are on the big D2 game sure and it's not the same uh, in a D1 game and it's not the same amount of eyes from a Horizon League game to a, a Big Ten game so sure. it's just it's just the way it is so you know unless it, I I forget who said this but you know someone said you know no referee satisfied until they're the actual crew chief on the championship game
2: yep.
1: in the NCAA tournament or the NBA, right? Yeah. In the Game 7, Crew Chief, in in the NBA Finals. That's the only time they're satisfied. So, And even then
2: they're not because they want to be back there again the next yeah, year.
1: But I, yeah, I want to, I, I did it once. I like to do it two years in a row. Oh, yep. I did it two years in a row. I like to do it four. You know, so that's my point. It's just because you're on that big game, you think, oh, you've, you're ready for the big game. Nope, there's another one that's even bigger and harder and faster.
2: Yeah. And the other thing that I think is really interesting is just because you've experienced it once doesn't mean it's going to be the same the next time you go experience it. Right. It's really interesting. I would, we were post-gaming on that game Saturday. And uh, one of one of my crewmates is a former, former player. So that, that circumstance that I talked about with that player that was struggling emotionally at the end of the game, mm-hmm. she was reliving every bit of that through her past as a player mm. right mm-hmm. and like that's that's another emotional load that then we carry you know as an official right there was a time when i would have looked at it through that same lens i remember what it was like to play mm. my last game I remember what it was like when i had my injury i remember mm. what it was like you know all those things that we see that happen to players on the court or sure. whatever or on the sure. field but because of the age of my kids right now I lived that moment as a parent. Mm. Yeah. You know, five years ago, I couldn't have lived it the same way.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, that girl is one year older than my daughter, most likely. Somewhere yeah. somewhere in that range, sure. you know. Well, I'm, I'm seeing my daughter on the court. Mm-hmm. What if that was her 10 seconds away from ending her career? Yeah. You know, she doesn't do it in the sports arena. She does it in the music arena there's going to come a point where she's going to have one song left in her final college concert Mm -hmm. you know and she's going to have those same kinds of emotions going through you know her mind and all and so even even though i've experienced the end of of players careers that was the first time that i had experienced it with that set of emotions for me
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and that's so it's so we're constantly changing and growing as we develop.
1: I think another thing we, we and I used to always tell baseball kids this, you know, softball and baseball when I was coaching those kids, listen, it it ends so fast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, so fast. And my good friend Randy always says it ends in a whisper, right? You know, we mm-hmm. we go on to the game and we have all this and the cheering, and then as soon as that last out's made or that la- that final buzzer goes off, it's over. Yeah. I mean, it's just over. So, you know, I you know I hate to get like you know cherish every moment but we have to treat every moment like okay I want to be better because I'm gonna blink my eyes Jeff Cross finishing up his 19th year uh, you know I got I'm way closer to the end than I am the beginning mm-hmm. and it's gonna be over for me and when it when it when it ends it ends yeah you know um, I'm working a game Thursday with a, a referee that's coming off the floor this year. Oh, wow. So, I mean, uh, multiple Final Fours, um, you know, I don't even know how many years, probably 30 years in officiating, Division One. you know. Yeah. So, it just, we, he probably never thought for a second, this day, he probably knew it would come, mm-hmm. but he just didn't realize it was going to be right now. Yeah. And, and he's doing it on his own. Mm-hmm. What about the other people that don't do it on their own? You yeah. know, all of a sudden, I've got a sick member in the family, so I got to get out of it, you know, whatever that is. So... So treat it all, you know. Treat every quiz like, whew, you know, I'm going to do this quiz, and I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to get a hundred, because I want to. I want to. Say, when I'm done with it, I want to say I, I gave it everything I had um, um, to to show that I, I treated this profession or advocation um, to the best of my ability, and to show that it was important to me to serve the game um, for the players and the coaches and the fans.
2: No, I think and I think it's a great place for us to, to end, Jeff. One of the things that I would like to encourage people to do, if you would, um, if you would please go in and leave us a review. Uh, that's so helpful to us. And we've not asked for that for a little while. Uh, if you would please go in and leave us a, a five star review, especially if you mm-hmm. if this has been that level of helpful to you. But be honest as you uh, as you review the podcast. And then if you even would go a step further than that. Uh, excuse me, give us the five-star rating and then give us a, a written review even if it's just a quick sentence of uh, how this was helpful to you or or where you found us or that kind of thing that would be a great great thing uh, for helping us uh, propel what we do forward and uh, we hope that as you drive to your next contest whether you're wrapping up your basketball season or you're kicking off your baseball season or whatever else you may have going on right now. We hope your drive is uncommon as you learn. And we hope that what happens when you hit the corner of the field uh, is something that you can be proud of when you walk away from it. Yep. Have a great day, guys. See y'all. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to leave us a five-star rating.